0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. We're back and I'm very, very happy indeed to be back um, because it's been quite some time since I've been able to do a live podcast. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed the content that was uh, available for you to all to watch uh, whilst I was away. If you've not watched it, you still can. It's still kind of relevant there's lots of really good talk and chat uh, with some fantastic guests and i'd just like to say a quick thank you to all of the guests that came on and took the time to take time out of their days before i went away to record that content um so yeah indeed very very happy now you probably noticed that i don't look tanned at all. I, I felt like I'd got a little bit of color, but I think it might be this light that just drains any kind of blood from my face. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, it was great. I had a great time. Thank you so much for all the kind messages, kind comments, kind uh, notifications that were sent through whilst I was away. Thank you for all the kind words on the shows um that took place whilst I was away. Uh, it means a lot and continued support on the channel. We crossed the, uh, the 39,000 subscriber mark as well whilst I was away, which is crazy. We're closing in now on 40,000 subs, which is absolutely mental. And thank you for everybody that's become such a huge key part of the TGT community. Um, but without further ado, let's say good morning to everybody in the chat box. It's been a while since we've done this. Morning to David and Martin and Bradley and Stephen. Morning to Olu and Stevie and David and Paul. Stephen and Matt G. Uh, we've got John Doe and NSW, and, uh, who I have to say NSW has been really fighting the cause whilst I was away, as has David as well in the chat box. Thanks, guys. Uh, PJ, Rob, Stephen, Costa, uh, Brad and Runs with Cows. Plenty more of you as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and returning um for me uh, in the mornings and everybody else as well in the chat box i had a great time i'm sure i can talk a little bit more about it uh in the q a section towards the end but we've got a job to do we can't start waffling because i know how it gets on some people's nerves as they've left comments whilst i was away saying oh i'm so sick of having to listen to the mornings and stuff like that but no it's funny um i can take it let's uh let's crack on first things first though and i'll talk about this briefly now and in a little bit more detail um before the q and a section we have been nominated as one of the Channels content creators for the best club content creator category in the football content awards. I'm going to go through a lot more information on how you can vote for us towards the end. But thank you to everybody that has has already voted and got us nominated uh, for a second year running. We actually won third place uh, last year, as you can see on the wall behind us, just over there. Um, it'd be great if we can go uh, a step or two further. That'd be amazing. But yes, we did get indeed get nominated. I'll talk more about that about that before the Q and A section um, tonight, 6 p.m. UK time time. time we'll be doing the Arsenal against Spurs uh, preview show, uh, lineups, injury news, predictions with members from our Discord server. If you'd like to help support the channel, you can go to the link tree in the description. You can come on the previews, just like our guests will be this evening. So set your alarms for 6pm UK time tonight. Arsenal ladies won their North London derby, uh, a fantastic event in which I think over 50,000 tickets were sold for the game. An amazing kind of reaction to not only what was a successful summer for England ladies, but now in the club scene as well. And uh, Not only that, to, to smash Spurs is always great. But also, um, they beat Ajax, meaning they've qualified as well for the Champions League again this season after a 2-2 first leg. Uh, they won the away leg 1-0 thanks to a goal. goal. Um, brilliant news to be able to watch Arsenal in the Champions League this season. Um, now, uh, there's quite a few things that happened whilst I was away. I wanted to touch on a few of them briefly just to kind of give some of my thoughts and feelings around some of them. One was the Ethan Nguanieri uh, substitution, uh, which Mikel Arteta was criticised for making. Um, I didn't really get to discuss this at all, of course, because it happened whilst I was away. I did do the uh, reaction show to the Brentford. one; that's the only show I actually recorded whilst I was out there, and that was only a 10-minute record. In short, and I'm not going to keep your time because I know I want to go through the news. In short, it's ridiculous. It's Arsenal. That's why it's happening. It's ridiculous to see Arteta again. any kind of criticism for this. Pay as little notice as you like to it or as much as you like. But my advice is it's nothing. It's, it's absolutely nothing. I'm going to lose my head about it because it's a joke. Quite frankly, it's being used to drive up traction. It's being used to drive up attention. And Arsenal, again, their name being used to try and get that you know, piece of uh, reaction from you guys. So once again, just another example of the chaos that it can cause. Uh, Following Balogun scored for the England under-21s in a 3-1 win over Germany. Um, Suggestions from Fabrizio Romano that Arsenal are certainly keeping tabs on our young young striker. uh, Very highly rated as an expectation that potentially... Uh, could be involved in Arsenal's plans for next season. He's having a great season at Hans um, and, yeah, doing brilliantly there. So we'll have to wait and see what indeed ends up happening with Balogun, but scoring for the England under 21, scoring regularly for Hans as well. Um, looking forward to seeing what ends up happening. And of course, you can go back and watch our loan updates on Balogun. Uh, a new one of those will be available. In October, uh, Southgate's u- misused rather Bako Saka, using him as a left wing back in a what was a awful defeat to Italy. He managed to catch little bits and pieces of the game, um, but I've spoken to plenty of people about it since then. Uh, managed to catch uh, the Germany game as well, in which he obviously came on and changed it, playing in a more natural forward position. People know my position on Southgate. I'm done at this stage. Arsenal need a better. England need a better. Coach to use players like Saka in their best positions. I'm sick and tired of seeing what is just a monotonous England side being misused, misrepresented, poor decisions being made, poor tactical choices, poor call-up decisions, all of that stuff. It's poor. But Southgate misused uh, Bakaya Saka horrifically for England and things need to significantly change in that squad ahead of the World Cup. Uh, according to Calcio Mercato, Dusan Vlaovic is still of interest to Arsenal. Um, as you can see from the image on your screen, quite simply, I've just put, yeah, okay. Um, for goodness sake, why why do we even believe this stuff? We don't, and you shouldn't. Calcio Mercato, just off the bat, no credence to this rumour at all. Nothing going on, no interest from Arsenal and continuing onwards. The plan is with Gabriel Jesus, if they go for a forwards, it's it's not going to be a Vlaovic at this point in time. Certainly there's been no suggestions on that side of things. So yeah, Vlaovic rumors are just rumors. And if I mean that hardly even rumors at this stage, but he's cropped up whilst I was away. Wanted to touch on that terrible Raul Sanyehi spoke to the athletic and a very interesting interview um courtesy of Dermot Corrigan if you haven't already read it I would definitely encourage you to um he talked quite a lot about kind of his time at Arsenal his ending at Arsenal how he had to be involved in the laying off of 55 people without knowing that he was going to be the 56th person to be laid off within the club um He talks a bit about how Arsenal made a mistake by making Mikel Arteta manager. It's something that we've talked about a lot uh, on the channel. We think that, or I thought, and certainly a few few people I've spoken to, thought that the promotion to manager maybe came a little bit too soon for Arteta. However, I think that we're certainly seeing the benefits of him being as involved as he is. Uh, He feels that Arsenal made a mistake kind of breaking away from that dynamic that he'd helped create and the model that he had at the club. Uh, specifically some of the uh, quotes from him saying uh, the sporting director set up in England uh, kind of was very new when he was there. Uh, He said he had to explain that his highest priority is the first team, but he also needs to be in contact with the academy and know the transfer market. When things don't go well, you change the head coach, but the technical director is the one who protects the sporting philosophy of the club and safeguards the model. He was very proud of this model uh, at, you know, at Arsenal. Uh, and I, I was never, ever the biggest fan of Raul he whatsoever. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of very, very happy indeed uh, that he is now no longer part of the club and that we have the dynamic that we do. I think the Richard Garlick's come in and done a good job. I think that Edu is putting in some really interesting kind of progressions in the transfer market he needs to address the sales side of things we all know that we'd like to see some more we'd like to see some perhaps more ruthlessness and perhaps go out and see us sign one two extra players in the windows that we've had so far especially when january comes forward we're going to need to see some more from edu there but I have absolutely no issue uh, with the decision that was made to move on, Raul Sanier and for the dynamic that we now have at the club as well. Um, Arsenal's ownership is apparently looking at a potential multi-club model. Uh, if you want to get the best kind of insight on this, go and do some research onto the City Football Group. Manchester City heads up a collection of, I think now in double digits, so the number of clubs that are in this network, the likes of Troyes. um the likes of Montevideo, I think, in in, in Uruguay, uh, Girona, uh, Lommel SK in Belgium. There's a lot more as well that I can't name off the top of my head. Um, New York City FC, of course, Melbourne. Uh, but yeah, there's some in India. There's one in China. I think there's potentially one in Japan as well. Um, and so because of that, Palermo, I think they were talking about integrating into it potentially as well. I don't know if that's actually gone through at this stage, but uh, I remember that being mentioned also. Arsenal are said to be looking at, potentially working towards a similar model of creating partnerships with clubs in Portugal, in Brazil, uh, in Belgium. And this is something that I'm very much in favour of. It's something that if you're a long-time listener of the channel, you'll know that I've talked about this before at length. And it's something that I think that Arsenal have needed to generate is these relationships with other clubs across the world. It's going to enable us to kind of close the gap to Manchester City in a sense because one of the benefits that you get from this is that you can Not, I don't use the word collect because it makes kind of players seem like commodities, but I guess in kind of the way of business and football, it's quite like that. And what you can do is that you can pluck these young talents from teams that you wouldn't necessarily be able to give an opportunity to at Arsenal. If you have a relationship with a club, you sign them, they go on loan to these teams where they develop or they actually are just signed by those teams. Arsenal missed out on a really interesting young Brazilian player called Savio uh, from Atletico Maneiro in the summer. They instead went for Marquinhos when they missed out on Savio. But he went to the CFG, uh, is currently with Twa. I think he went on loan to PSV, potentially. Uh, I'll have a quick check if that did indeed happen. Uh, Savio is, yes, indeed, on loan at PSV from Twa, who are part of the CFG City Football Group. So it gives you kind of that ability to be a lot more... Um, efficient with the way in which you recruit players it enables you to be better at finding players and then getting them Uh, so I think there's a lot of benefits to it I think that Arsenal need to have that kind of feather in their cap if you like and certainly this look to kind of incorporate other clubs within the multi-club model is something I've wanted to see Arsenal do for some time um Kulishevsky is a doubt for the North London derby. It's said that he potentially picked up an injury whilst away with Sweden on international duty. So a slight positive that I would say is that we always kind of hear these stories about Spurs players getting injured, be it Kane, be it Uriese. Um, You know, all of these players pick up knocks and then suddenly start. So don't get your hopes up, but Kulisevsky is said to be a doubt for the North London derby. And finally, in terms of an Arsenal injury update, before we go to the Q&A in the chat box, uh, Odegaard has played for Norway, should be fit. Kieran Tini suffered a bit of a head injury whilst away with Scotland, although it is said he hopefully will be fit as well. Thomas Partey was uh, pulled out of the uh, Ghana game they had uh, against Brazil. However, there is hope that he also could be available. Um, El Neni is, is going to be out until January, we've heard. Oleksandr Zinchenko is also hoped potentially that he will be ready after he didn't take part in Ukraine international scene as well. Takahiro Tomiyasu also was pulled out of duty with Japan. It is hoped that he will also be available uh, for the game against Spurs. The only person that we know won't be for sure, along with El Nenny, is Emile Smith-Rowe, who has now undergone surgery on a groin problem um, that hopefully will see him return to full training in, in December. I know that there's a lot of frustration about the amount of injuries that Smith-Rowe gets, and for good reason but hopefully this is a surgery that will help to stem potential future problems and give him more playing time on the pitch in the long term. So hopefully this is, despite being in the short term, bad news in the long term, hopefully it will be really good news for him going forwards. That is all of today's stories and hopefully some opinions caught up on on things that happened throughout the course of the time whilst I was away. I'm going to move to the chat box now for the first time in 13 days so if you've indeed got any questions you'd like to throw into the chat box now is the time to do that make sure if you haven't already done so to drop a like on the video at NSW tells you to do as always Um, but without further ado yeah let's jump into the chat let's talk to you guys and also talk about the football content awards as well OK, then. Um, yes. Yeah, so very quickly, before I go to the chat box and your questions, uh, we have indeed been nominated for the best club content creator category in the Football Content Awards for the second year running. Uh, last year, we came thirds. and won the bronze award. It'd be amazing if we could go one step further. I'm going to do a little video to go out across platforms about how people can vote but for the benefit of you guys watching um please do show some support that i know you always do for the channel by voting for us you can vote three different ways you can go to the football content awards website go to the voting page and go down to best club content creator category and in the premier league box just uh, the little drop-down box, you just find the Goonah Talk and uh, click it and then go down to the bottom of the page and press vote now. You can also vote on Twitter by typing in the right collection of words, which I'm not going to have to tell you to do because all you need to do is go to www.votefortgt.com and it will create the tweet for you. You just press tweet and you voted. And then the last way to vote is on Instagram. You go over to their Instagram page on the Football Content Awards. You find the picture, which is on your screen right now, which says best club content creator, Premier league and you tag the Guna talk in the comments. Um, so there you go. That's three ways you can vote. You don't have to vote just vote just once. You can vote all three ways uh, and that gets us three votes into the competition. It's done through 50% vote, 50% uh, judging panel uh, and the awards are taking place, I think, in Manchester. I'm hopefully going to attend, uh, fingers crossed. I know that our good friends, Lee Judges and FK, who have both been uh, nominated for best new content creator uh both of them have at latte firm and lee judges tv so if you like either channel i would go and implore you to go and vote for either one of those two in that category as well so yeah um fantastic stuff thank you so much um for all the help and the support on the channel i'm going to keep pushing this uh, all the way through to the start of october i think october 9th is when voting closes i'm pretty sure So, yes, at least you'll have to be putting up with me, talking about this every day until at least October 9th. But thank you to everybody that has indeed voted. Please, please, if you haven't done so already, go vote on Twitter, go vote on Instagram, go vote on the website. It really, really helps us out. Okay, there's all your admin done, I promise. We're going to jump into the chat box now, uh, very excitedly, to return to the usual scheduled Q&A session. Uh, So let's do it. First question back. Uh, let's go to uh, <laughs> Luke, who says, nerves for the North London derby have never been higher for me. How are you doing? Phil, we, uh, we could be either declared title contenders or same old. Arsenal. How are my nerves? You know, my nerves for the home derby are significantly less than what they are for the the away derby because the away derby is something that Arsenal have been able to win in the league for, what, since 2014 off the top of my head when Rosicky scored in that 1-0 victory. I, I like the home one. I feel there's an element of confidence around the home one. Arsenal usually turn up quite well for these ones. So my nerves are not particularly uh, high yet. That will probably change uh, tomorrow. But what I will say is uh we've got a situation, hopefully, where Arsenal are going to be go out to go out as the in the best possible kind of guys that they can and and improve what they've done previously, which was that awful game at Spurs at the end of last season. So yeah, fingers crossed, plenty changes, but I'm feeling pretty good, you know, pretty good at this stage. Um, what I think we've got to remember though is that they're a very good team. And they can hurt us and it's frustrating it's annoying it's uh the worst it's the worst uh dealing with spurs but what i would say is that they're a team that can be got at i'm gonna quickly grab a drink i'm gonna be back in two seconds Uh, i'm just gonna play this thing i remembered i didn't grab a glass of water so i'm gonna be two seconds back very short Mm I'm back. Well, that was fast. I managed to get it in just in time. <laughs> you could feel that thing growing up, and that's why I've not done this show in ages, not been able to get a drink too quickly. Oh, lovely stuff. I'm going to leave that there, otherwise I'm going to struggle throughout this whole show. Okay. Um, let's go to the next question. And Terry, who says, did you see Douglas Luiz for $50 million in January, rumours? It would be interesting to see if the club would pay that figure for a player that is about to be out of contract. Hmm. Um. I I think that fifteen million pounds for Douglas Louise is for a player with only six months left, but of Premier League quality, still doable, still kind of viable, still as a, a possible. Oh, is it sensible? I don't know if I go as far as saying it's sensible. But what I would say is that I think that Douglas Louise is a player that would upgrade upon Mohamed El Nenny as an option. He doesn't give you that Thomas Partey level player. But he does give you a player that's going to give you, you know, as much as you can get from El from Elneny and more. He's more of an eight. He's not a number six. And Arsenal certainly needs a number six. I say a number six. And if you listen to the show I did with Clive, it's not a number six that sits and just, you know, sweeps in front of the back four. But someone that can progress the play and, and potentially Douglas Luiz could still do that job. But he is still very much more a number eight than he is a deep lying midfielder. He gives so much going forwards, and so would play more so kind of better in that granite shaka role. For 15 million pounds in January, I think I'd rather go and spend say 20 million or 25 million on a Danilo, because I think there's more potential from someone like him to play that deeper midfield role for us than Douglas Louise. But 15 million quid isn't a lot of money in these days, especially for a Premier League quality player. So it's not the worst deal in the world. And I think it would give us the upgrade on Elneny that we need. And then Elneny would move on at the end of the season. But I only see one midfielder, if any, coming in this January. Uh, CNS Alex says, do you think Arsenal's next transfer window strategy will be influenced by the World Cup? And if so how score in the north london derby prediction or well, if you want to find out my scoreline prediction in the north london derby tune in tonight at 6 p.m uk time for our preview show in terms of your first question about will the transfer window be influenced by the world cup almost certainly is the answer uh if arsenal have significant injuries which with the way that arsenal are we can always expect injuries happening um but yeah, I, I think that when it comes down to that, it's impossible to know what we're going to do until we see the damage that the World Cup causes. But the short answer is yes. Uh, I think that it will have a massive impact. Yared uh, says, What kind of tactical tweaks do you think Arteta will implement to give us an edge tomorrow? Tactical tweaks. Do we need to make significant tactical tweaks in the way that we've been playing? Arsenal have been the best team in every single game that they've played so far this season. We were naive against Man United. You know, when we, Got that equalizer um, and went to try and win the game. We were naive and we committed too much. So maybe tactically, we need to be a little bit more savvy in the way that we play and not leave those open spaces because Spurs are arguably the best counter attacking side in the league. So tactically, maybe we need to be a little bit more reserved defensively, maybe not overcommit in the wide areas. Ben White and Zinchenko or Tierney, whoever plays in those fullback areas, need to be a bit more you know, reserved in that sense. Partey's inclusion is massive. If Partey is there, it upgrades the team significantly. I know he doesn't always have the best games in the world, as was shown by the first two or three games of the season. But, yeah, look, I think that Partey is, is obviously his presence would be massive for us and would enable us to get out better, compete better, cover better. So it will depend on who's available, Jared, I think. But potentially a little bit more careful in terms of how we deal with the counter-attack. Uh, Rich says, welcome back, Tom. There's been talk in the papers about Arteta losing patience with Partey's fitness. Of course there has. It's, it's a really easy one, uh, I think, to come up with. As far as I'm aware, Arsenal have always looked to try and strengthen a midfield and are looking for a player that will upgrade that midfield area and potentially compete with Thomas Partey it's not because he's frustrated or losing patience with Thomas Partey's fitness. It's because Arsenal want to upgrade the squad. They want to have two top, top players in every position. And we only have one in that Partey role. We have Elneny, who's a decent backup, but he is a backup. And we have Lukonga, who is an up-and-coming player that has yet to show that he could potentially one day be that player for Partey. And to be honest, I think he's more shown that he'd be more likely to play in that Xhaka position, to be honest. So we don't have a player there and Arsenal are on the lookout for that player and are wanting that player, but it's difficult to find that player because you have to find a player at the level of Partey similar to a player that could become a Fabinho, could become a Rodri, these types of players, and that's tough. So I don't necessarily buy into the Arteta losing patience line, but regarding your thoughts around Danilo or Douglas Luiz, I personally, as I think I've already said this show, Would go for Danilo. Um, Let's go to Elliot says, where's your tan, Tom? (laughs) Didn't you go to Mauritius? Yeah, I think it's the lighting kind of just lights up my face really bright. So uh, I think that's probably why I swear I've got some color. I promise. (laughs) I I felt like I did like this. This in my eyesight is, is a lot browner than it looks on the camera. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm just psychologically thinking I've, I've got some colour when I haven't. Uh, Temmy says, "What do you think about how we played at Brentford, and do you think people are underrating how we are dominating teams?" Absolutely, Arsenal are being underrated. That's just you know part and parcel of, of football these days—is uh, to underrate Arsenal and to criticise Arsenal and to. Look down on Arsenal. Um, What did I think of the game? I obviously spoke about it during the reaction show I did on the channel after the game, which was the only upload I did um, during the holiday. But uh, I think that it was a game in which it kind of showed what we're capable of, even when we need to change out some key parts like Partey not being there, like Odegaard not being there, uh, like Zinchenko not being there. You know, we were still able to create so many chances to dominate the opposition and to show that we've got a player in Fabio Vieira that even when Odegaard isn't there, that we can be absolutely dominant in games and creative too. So that's key. I still felt like we missed Odegaard. I feel like his passing, his incisiveness, the way in which he finds the forwards, the way in which he kind of dictates play was lacking. And Fabio Vieira is a different type of player to Odegaard. He's got a lot of similarities in the sense, kind of his diminutive, good with the ball at his feet you know can find a great pass but there's something about there's something more senior about Odegaard there's something more controlled about Odegaard that I think we did lack in that game and we could have even won by significantly more with him in the team um but I'd love to see both of them play alongside one another in the team Odegaard and Vieira I think that'd be great um Fuad says good to see you back mate thanks fella uh gonna be a mental month with the multiple games being played every week you would consider the intensity and training sessions will be dialed down a bit." To avoid injury, yeah, I mean, training sessions are going to be a, a, a you know a value commodity at this stage because you aren't going to get too many games uh, or to rather too many days to play practice matches to train intense levels. There's going to be plenty of recovery. October is going to be more about recovery and rotation than it's going to be about intense training. We play Spurs on Saturday, followed by Buda on the following Thursday. Liverpool at home on the 9th, just three days after that game. We then play Buda away again on Thursday, October 13th, which of course means we've got to travel to uh, Scandinavia. We've got Leeds then on the 16th, just three days after that, away from home again. Then PSV at home, then Southampton away three days again after that. Uh, and then Nottingham Forest three days after the away trip to PSV is a mental month. We're going to need to rotate Smith row being missing has not helped things, but uh, hopefully yeah, we can, we can improve things a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Aston, how was the holiday? It was amazing. Uh, it was, it was a great, great break. And uh, thank you for all the kind comments as well. Um, <laughs> Tom says, uh, regarding the tan, it's because when you start from being London pasty, it takes a week to tan to a level that's normal anywhere else. Yeah, that is true. We are very, very pale. Very pale indeed. Pasty white, indeed. Give <laughs> a gang, says Tom. Are you concerned that we lose Saliba on a free due to his contract? Rumor is his agent hasn't even discussed a new contract as Saliba wants to concentrate on his football. Uh, I don't have any update regarding Saliba's contract. My understanding is that the club are confident about agreeing a new deal I don't know of any contract or agreement currently being in place I know that's been reported by a number of other outlets and individuals but I've personally heard nothing about an agreement happening but the club are said to be confident that they'll be able to agree a new deal with Saliba um his involvement in the World Cup squad is going to be key but we've done everything that we can do, you know, to convince him to stay. We've integrated him into the team. We're starting him every single week. We've given him an opportunity to play abroad and play every week as well of Marseille and Nice. I think that we've managed the Saliba situation as well as we could besides the whole 2020 chaos. So, you know, for me, if he, if he decides to leave, it's not going to be because of anything Arsenal have done wrong. It'll be because of an offer that comes in that he feels is too good to turn down, potentially from one of the biggest teams in the world, which I genuinely think that Saliba could play for one of those teams one day. I think he's in the right place right now. And I think that a contractor at Arsenal at 20, 21 years of age is the right decision for his career. Taking my Arsenal hat off, even from an unbiased view, I think it's the right decision for him to do right now. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm hopeful that he'll sign a new deal. The club certainly are hopeful as well. So fingers crossed that turns out to be. The case. Uh, let's go to Abdul, who says, uh, Morning, Tom. I hope you had an amazing time. Thanks, fella. Uh, do you think a home defeat to them lot will be damaging in the context that we play Liverpool next and have a tough October run? Um, yeah, absolutely. Losing to Spurs is the worst-case scenario in anything. You don't want to lose to Spurs, whether you're Arsenal or whether you're Norwich. You know, Losing to Spurs is embarrassing, so you don't want to do that. Um, but in the context of Arsenal's month... If we lose this game, it puts the pressure on the Liverpool game significantly. Uh, although Spurs have looked arguably a bit better than Liverpool this season, even though Spurs haven't particularly look great, that kind of shows you how bad Liverpool have been so far this season. You would look at those two as very, very winnable fixtures for us so far. I think Liverpool can be got at. I think Liverpool are lacking some cutting edge, but they can throw you know however many goals at Bournemouth and it be nothing. So I think we have to be sensible in the way that we look towards these games, but I think we have absolutely a reason to be confident and absolutely have a reason to be um excited about potentially what could happen. And I'm looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to October. I like football. I've been gutted not having football because the international break. So it's you know it's it's positive and negative. It's we need to rotate. We've got lots of games, but I love the fact we're gonna see Arsenal play twice a week for the next three, four weeks because we're gonna have a World Cup where there's gonna be six weeks of no Arsenal. So you know, I take it while well, we've got it, uh, and now we've certainly got it indeed. Um, Gunagang says, apparently Saka and Martinelli are the priority on contracts before Saliba. That's concerning, with Real Madrid and Barcelona sniffing around. I mean, that all of them are priorities. Reports suggesting that Saka and Martinelli are a higher priority. The reason why I think you're probably seeing those lines is because they're more progressed than Saliba is um that doesn't mean they're more of a priority the club would rather sign those two up to contracts over Saliba that's not the case Arsenal want to sign all three up to new contracts that's what they want there's no preference it's just that Saka and Martinelli are much easier to negotiate because the, bit of the club you know at, rather at the club and actually playing for Arsenal longer than Saliba has I know that Saliba and Martinelli joined uh, at similar times but yeah it's it's not It's not something that at the moment I'm concerned about and I don't think you should necessarily be concerned about yet. Saliba has another year left on his contract after this season, uh, which means that we have control and a strong control of of things up until at least next summer. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, But I'm personally comfortable about all three players and their Arsenal futures at the moment in time. Uh Wes says, Great to see you back and hope you've had a fabulous holiday. Looking at work events potentially out again with an injury is vital. Uh, we had a defensive midfielder in January, and could it and it could it damage our top four chances? Um yeah, look, work event. <laughs> I've just got that. <laughs> uh with Partey potentially out again with an injury. We don't know. Uh, at the moment. Mikel Arteta is due to face the media today. You'll be able to follow that press conference over at football.london, of course, with Kaya Kainak on the ground at London Colney this afternoon. Um, And you'll be able to watch it back, of course, on the Arsenal way. But we'll hear from him. We'll wait and hear what he's got to say. I don't think he's going to give away anything because he doesn't like to give away anything, he will be asked the question about you know Partey and Tomiassu and Zinchenko and Tierney, who have all, I know Degard, of course, who all faced kind of questions around their fitness. But I don't think he's going to give away too much. Antonio Conte spoke yesterday, didn't really give away anything regarding any players either. He doesn't want to give Arsenal any kind of advantage, knowing what we, uh, knowing who's going to be available and who isn't. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what he says. Um, so, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. Uh, let's go to uh, – let's scroll up a little bit more because I know I think I've missed out on a few questions as well. Uh Arsenal analyze. Welcome home, Tom. I hope you and the missus had a great honeymoon morning to the TGT gang. Thanks, mate. Uh, Chima says just tuned in into the great to see you back on the tan is a reflection of a good time i think i know what you mean cheeky uh martin says any thoughts on Tierney going in ahead of zinchenko tomorrow to give us a bit more defensive security against the counter-attack i think it makes sense i think that tini starting is is probably the smarter decision uh in this game in particular but if zinchenko plays i have confidence that we still have plenty of defensive acumen to be able to deal with Spurs but yeah either Tierney or Zinchenko playing I think is a bonus but I get what you're saying regarding Tierney whoever starts I'm going to be pleased uh and that kind of shows you how good it is to have depth of quality in certain positions on the pitch we went to Spurs last year with Tavares you know it's it's a very very different scenario um did we go with Tavares did Tommy Asu? I think Tommy Asu played left back did he not so, yeah, I think that last year we had Cedric Holding, uh, Cedric Holding, Gabriel, and Tommy Asu, I think, was the back four. I might be wrong, but I think it was. And having White and Saliba instead of Cedric and Holding is just such a significant step up, like such a significant step up. That's, that's going to be great to have that level up in quality to deal with heung who you know came on against Leicester and did great. If anyone watched that Leicester game, I mean, they weren't particularly convincing Spurs, even though they won in the end by a big scoreline. So they can definitely be got at. We can definitely stop them from creating what they like to do. And I'm confident going into the game. Uh, Dion says, would it be a good time to play Zinni in midfield? Not for me. If Partey's fit, if Odegaard's fit, if Xhaka's fit, that's the three. And It's a good three, a very good three indeed. Martin says, Anthony Taylor is the referee. Not really sure if that's a good or bad thing. None of them like us. I don't think it matters, Martin. They all hate us. (laughs) You know, none of the referees have been good to us. None of them have been uh, consistent. None of them have been of a quality that you would think of as of a standard that referees, the biggest competition, uh, league competition in the world, It's it's, it's a nothing. It's a moot point. It doesn't matter who referees the games. They're all going to make mistakes because they're not good enough. Uh, Tony James says, anyone here uh, from Malaysia just wanted to know where Arsenal watch games while I'm there? If you know where you can watch games in Malaysia, leave a comment in the comment section down below. If you're tuning in live, let us know. Um, Let's scroll up some more because I know I definitely missed some questions earlier on. Uh, let's go to Wilson says, why on earth? Who's Wilson's kind of catchphrase at this stage. Have you gone cold feet on Douglas, Louise and Tillemans? Uh, they are both premier league proven have very good players. The reason is, is I think we can do better. It's a simple answer. It's a short one, but I think Arsenal can get better than those players. I also think that Danilo that and Clive summed this up, I think on our chat that we had, but there is a little bit of a thing about the unknown, that we don't know as much about Danilo. We know a lot more about Louise and Tillemans. What I hear, what I've seen about Danilo is great. And there is kind of a something about him and his age as well that means that maybe we could see a player really develop into something special with him. But we do need a mid-20s player. We do need players coming of that level of that age because it gives you experience. It gives you Premier League quality. I wouldn't say I've got cold feet on them. I think I've got a bit more cold feet on Tillemans than I do Louise, but uh, I just think we can do better. I just think we can get a better player than those. So there you go. Uh Freddie, I'm going to be covering the game uh from home tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the live blog for our football London. So that'll be there. Hopefully, going to the Leeds game, uh and the Southampton game potentially, but still need to get confirmation on that. But yeah, so home game. I'm going to be working from home. Um, but some of the other games coming up will be Uh, hopefully in attendance for those. Uh, John says, I would personally take a draw in this game and in any top six clash. I mean, getting top four is about being consistent against the rest. Winning against the top six teams is what challengers do. For context, John, Spurs beat Manchester City twice. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that just getting a draw in these games is enough because I think what was seen was those six points that Spurs picked up got them top four, and they got those six points against a big six side. We also managed to get some good big points, you know, against Chelsea, against Spurs, but we need more, and we need to show progression, and a draw at home to Tottenham isn't progression. We won that game last season, and we didn't get top four. We need to win it this season. We need to continue to put the pressure on. We need to keep this momentum going forwards. I get where you're coming from, John but I don't think it stacks up against the evidence of teams that are not challengers, but had to win those games against big six teams to still claim a top four spot. If Spurs draw those games, those two games against Man City, they don't get top four. They come fifth and we come fourth. So I do think that we need to win this game. And I wouldn't be expecting any less from Arsenal and I won't be happy with anything less than a win in this game. Um, King, welcome back, Tom. I hope you had a wonderful honeymoon. I've missed you a lot. Thanks, King. I hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, Blood says, what would Arteta starting eleven look like tomorrow and who would be subbing in around the 70 minutes if they fall behind? Bloods, again, as I say, anything regarding tomorrow's game, predictions wise, tune in to the preview show tonight, 6 p.m. UK time, and uh, you can get all the information on it from there. Uh, Dave says, I said it on here months ago that I prefer Madison over Tillemans. Madison's form recently has been impressive. I wouldn't disagree with you, Dave. You know, I'd, I'd rather, I think, see Madison coming and than Tielemans, mainly because I have a fear that he is going to end up at Spurs. I just kind of see that move happening at some point in the near future. Um, Freddie says, we need to have learned from our Man United's lethal counter-attacking against us. We need to have be switched on in this game. Uh, Edrasas says, we beat them at home last season with a worst team. Absolutely. Uh, King says, the way that we play and being at home with our fans at home, we have to win, and that should be the aim. I agree with you, King. Anyway, We're going to wrap things up there. I went a little bit longer this morning than I usually do because, of course, it is our first live show back. Thank you, everybody that's tuned in. Over 600 of you listening this morning. Good to see you all. Do drop a like on the video. Do vote for us in the FCAs. All the information of how to do that is on your screen. And all the links are down in the description. So before you jump off the video, drop a like, subscribe to the channel, go into the video description, vote for us in the FCAs for Best Club Content Creator. Uh, It's been a genuine pleasure to speak to you as always. I will see you again a little bit later on this morning, of course, at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal way and then 6 p.m. back on this channel for the preview of the North London Derby with some fantastic guests from our Discord server. Have a great day. Enjoy your Friday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's good to be back.
1: conditions apply five years or 100 miles whichever comes first pro pilot is an advanced driver assist technology driver's responsibility to stay alert drive safely and control vehicle at all times
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans